Black Card Steve-O in the building, and this is the In the Mix and Out the Way podcast, man. And I am your host. This is episode two. Um, this is actually going to be the first episode that we have a guest on. I'm very excited about it. I got my co-host in the building, C-Rob. What's up? What's going on? Midwestern Effect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, um, our first guest um, is, is, is a guest that's real close to me. And um, the, 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 the history behind us is real, real, real interesting. He's one of the best engineers that I know, somebody that I, that I look up to. Legend. Um, legend. 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 Audio King. Yeah. You know. I totally agree. You know, when you, when, when, when you mention music and Houston and mixing, um, this name is definitely a name that is going to come up, even on production. He might even slang your hook also. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So my business partner, co-owner, I Mix Houston, please welcome Bruce Bang. Bruce. Hey, what's good? What's good? Bang, bang, what's bang. How you feeling today? Good, man. Can't complain, man. Can't Life complain. is good right now. Man, business good? Business good. Life's good. Stay working. Weather's good. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, the weather good right now, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Man, I just want to start it off and uh, tell people a little about a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and then we'll get we'll get into more of the history um, after yep. that. You know what I'm saying? You can list some credits or whatever. Just cool, cool. So yeah, um, Bruce Bang, um, you know, uh, co-founder of IMix Houston in uh, in Houston, Texas. Yes, um, sir. You know, uh, been producing, engineering, songwriting for a little over twenty years. Mm, twenty piece professionally. Yes, sir. as in getting paid for it. Um, and, uh, man, work with everybody from Paul Wall, Zero, Miguel, Baby Bash, to George Clinton, Kelly Rowland. Wait, 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 wait. You said George Clinton. George Clinton. Oh, yeah. Did you say, like, Funkadelic? Yeah, like, spark it up in the booth, George Clinton. Like, Parliament, like, don't take the bath? Yep, yep. Golly. Who else? Uh, so, um, it's crazy because I've worked with all the ghetto boys separately. Yeah. I worked with Scarface, Bushwick. Um, I got a story about Bushwick too. <laughs> Willie D, uh, Big Mike, all separately, not when they're in the Ghetto Boys, but right. all on solo solo projects. So, um, same thing with Fifth World Boys. I worked with all them together and separately. Shout out E Rock. Yeah, uh, 007 E Rock, um, Low Life, which changed to New Life, New Life now. Yeah, um, yeah. As well as like a lot of Christian Christian rap artists. Um, one of the big guys down here, Trey Nine. Shout out Trey Nine. Yeah, Trey Vaughn, Nine. Vaughn Juan, some of the new guys, Reconcile, Corey Paul. Um, and then a lot of the R&B stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I consider Bruce to be one of the best people with um, the the mix of R&B and hip-hop. Like, if you need mm. a, a, a track or um, even a mix that's a blend of both, then he's one of the, the best people to actually... Uh, Go to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, my uh, my bro Brian Angel, me and him been rocking for a long time. Uh, one of the first R&B groups I think I ever recorded, he was in a group called um, uh, I think they were called Proof, and mm. he was about 16 years old. First time I recorded him, That's and great. Um, since then, you know, he he went on to be in Day 26 and uh, some solo endeavors that we're working on now. But he actually helped me to get some production placements on Day 26. Man, that's tight. Let's so, let, let's uh, sit back and go through how you got started in music. Like when when was your your break? What did you do to get on? Um, cool. 
your different opportunities and stuff like that. I know you used to work uh, out of Southern Fried, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So let, let, let's let's go through the history. So um, I, I kind of grew up in, in like a musical family. My dad plays uh, guitar and he sings and he DJs. So kind of growing up with that, you know, when I was young, um, fast forward playing piano, saxophone in high school. And when I got out, I started going to school for audio engineering at San Jack. Okay, um, I went to U of, actually I went to U of H for a year, took basics. They didn't have an audio program there, so I transferred to San Jacinto College. Um, started working there, and basically my first break at a studio was at one in Missouri City called Southern Fried Entertainment. Yeah, shout out Marlon, Marlon Denby, man. And uh, they were actually in the same building as Crazy C and Matt Hatter. They had a, a studio downstairs from us, and um, I went over there because I was in the singing group. And um, one of my one of my homies was he was like his cousin was Marlon, which was the main producer there, and um, so he he brought everybody in to sing this record, and um, I showed up last because I think I had to work or something. So I get there, they've been working on the song, and then by the end of the song, he had me going and redo everybody's part. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, "Man, you know, I, li- I like your work ethic. I like how you sound. You know, if if you want to come around by yourself." You know, I'll, I'll let you watch us how we put together tracks and show you how to record and all that kind of stuff. So he really gave right. me my first break. That's tight. That's tight. So that's that, that that's Bruce. That was Bruce Takara. Yeah, Bruce Takara for as, sure. As a, as an artist, and um, you yeah. still have music up online that they could uh, check out. Yeah, cer- certain places. I need to re-upload it, but um, some some of the old stuff you can find on YouTube, um, even on eBay. They got some of the CDs for sale. But I think right now on the streaming services. Um, there's nothing really out. There's a couple of features out as Bruce Takara. I think I have that album. You Actually, did. I know I have that they album. They call me before Bruce. You took it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before you took it down. Bruce. Yeah, man. It came out in, I think it came out in 03, yeah. which is like the same year that um, Get Your Mind Correct came out. That's like the year. I, I think I probably met you in like 04, though. Yeah, yeah, probably I think so. I probably met you like in 04 or around that time, man. I can't lie. Um, there's, a, there's a song. Um, on the Paul Wall and Chameleon Project, when I found out Bruce produced it, I was like, oh, yeah, you're a legend. <laughs> Tell him about that. Yeah, so uh, Falsifying, I produced on Get Your Mind Correct. And um, it was a it was a batch of beats that, that Hatter had got. A few of them ended up on um, OG Ron C. Southern Finest. Right. Um, which, you know, it did okay. But, you know, the biggest one, of course, was Get Your Mind Correct. And then Falsifying was on there. And that's when I thought I wanted to be Dr. Dre. Yeah. So it kind of sounded like a lot of, you know, Dre with a lot of pianos and strings and stuff like that. So yeah, that was, that's I, I, I really like that sound and I really like that song. You yeah. know what I'm saying? People still ask me about that song too. I still get royalties for it too. It's crazy. <laughs> Do you hear that? He still gets royalties for that. Yeah. Business done right. Yeah. That's Bi- not, it's not the first beat I ever sold, but it's definitely like the first like track I got, you know, I got. You know royalties from and mechanicals, and actually got a check, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Right, 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 right. Same, same, same thing. Um, like, like when I heard that, I was just like, "Whoa, Bruce, you, you, you don't know. You've been kind of like a part of my life, you That's know crazy. what I'm saying, <laughs> already." So, like, man, let's get into how how me and you met. Like, I used to, uh, I used to rap. You know what I'm saying? Yep, so, yep. Bruce, Bruce used to work at a studio called Studio in the Heights, and I used to come get studio time from Bruce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I met Bruce. And then everybody I was in the studio with, every time we would go to the studio, they'd be like, hey, 
Steve-O know how to record, you know what I'm saying? Steve-O do this, Steve-O do that. And me and Bruce kind of like built a relationship on that, you know what I'm saying? And um, we actually uh, didn't really do a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you what happened was is Bruce was on Twitter one day. This was like 06 or something. This is yeah. like super, super new Twitter, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I saw you tweet something, and it was like, I just got a new desk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where you putting it? He's like, just, just, just got this new spot off of uh, 290 and 34th. And I was like, all right, cool. You was like, come check it out. And I'm like, okay, cool. I ain't seen Bruce in a while. Yeah. I'm going to come check it out. I was like, man, your number the same. Bruce's number been the same. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. Perfect. A couple of days go by. I went to the studio. Bruce had the main studio, and I saw it. And he was like, man, I want everybody that I know to get a room in this, in this building. So there won't be any more rehearsal spots. You know what I'm saying? So when he said that, I was like, okay, cool. Let me let me see what's going on. I was like, man, how much is rent over here? This and that, this and that. And I was like, you know, I got some equipment yeah. at the house. You know what I'm saying? He was like, cool. And then from there, the next day, I, I don't know if it was the next day or the same day. When did I bring, start bringing equipment? I think the first day you came, the <laughs> second time I saw you had some speakers in your hand. And I was like, okay. Because me and E-Rock had just transitioned from like a small room to the bigger room and um uh e-rock for fifth world boys like you know when we first started imix me and him like started in the, in the big room and it was like man it's more overhead but we were thinking about like you know how much more work we could do out of it having a bigger room and then i ordered all this equipment like uh my family had stepped up and then you know gave me gave me some money to uh get some Equipment. It wasn't like no, just a little home studio stuff. It's like you know, high end converters, mics, preamps, mm-hmm. and uh, once I set that stuff up, we were ready to go. with no more thirty an hour. Yeah. It's like you know, let's get everybody in. Yeah, we can do fifty, fifty, sixty an hour, whatever. And then uh, if yeah. you build it, they will come. That's what we were trying to do, and it, and it ended up it, working. It, it happened. I, I I brought that. I brought that equipment in. It was me, and I brought my partner DJ Ghost that I that I talk about. And we had another room, and we started calling the whole building I Grind Media. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And we did everybody's projects. It was kind. Of, it was kind of crazy for a lot of years. You know what I'm saying? It started out as like what Rockaway and yeah, us. Rockaway, us, then uh, um, Ill Fated got yeah. a room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's when so, I first met y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when Chris came came into the scene. And then Devin. Yeah, then De- then Devin came through. Carlos brought Devin. Shout out to. Uh, to Carlos, so that, that that that's the the beginning of I mix. Like I actually used to be one of Bruce's clients. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and now I'm blessed to say that I'm his uh, business partner with I mix Houston. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, what what else we want to get into, Chris? Like, well, you know, I kind of wanted to, you know, trying to drive the 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 podcast back to the music business. Yeah. Like Bruce, like you, you, you've already been a legend in this, in in this, and and you got a lot of experience, you know, twenty plus years. So, yeah. like, what were some of the 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 pitfalls or or pain points that you had early in your career? Yeah, or may still experience that you know you 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 believe that up and coming producers, engineers, or something like that, studio owners, whatever, yeah. need to know. Um, I think when I was starting, um, you know, the transition from say working out of the house. Or working part time, and then actually taking that leap to do it full time, that was probably like one of the biggest 
the biggest things right there because I didn't really have any blueprint to follow. There wasn't like all these YouTubes and social medias and people really laying out how they got to where they're at. So, you know, just a lot of, you know, working and word of mouth and um, relationships really got me in my first studio to where I was working at other people's spots. Um, and then once I got comfortable enough working in other people's spots, um, the transition to actually opening up my, opening up my own spot. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what stopped me from opening a studio to begin with is just thinking of all the upstart costs and how much it was going to cost to actually do it and not really taking into account how much more freedom I would have, how much right. more money I would be able to make and, you know, being able to build my own thing instead of other people's. So, so, so what advice would you give like a young producer or engineer that wants to have a studio and uh, open it up for the public to come record. What kind of what kind of um, game would you give them to kind of tell yeah. them to, to to encourage them? You know what I mean? Um, I would say, man, if, if you if you just keep doing good business and and good work, and you're able to retain a lot of clients, like you don't have a lot of people come once and never come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like once you get a few clients and you can really see it sustain itself, um, then it's like you know that they're going to follow you wherever they go Right. a lot of times. So, right. And if you're a producer and you can write songs or compose music, a lot of times that's going to make it not just only about recording, right. but, you know, you being able to offer, offer multiple services is going to be able to, you know, keep them around too. So Right, right, right. One, one thing to always remember is your reputation is going to get to a place before you get to a place. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you always have to do good business you know what for i'm sure. saying because people will talk good about you and that word will spread but also people will talk bad about you oh yeah and that word will spread you know what i'm saying so knowing um knowing that you have to go into business um even even when you might be right about something you know what i'm saying you might have to take that l or that lick just to protect your name you know what i'm saying or protect yeah. the relationship you know what i'm saying and it's a it's a customer service uh little slogan about that you know what i mean like bad service you're you gonna tell 10 people whereas right. if good service you know you might tell two or three yeah you know so like like you're saying keeping your name and, and doing good business is always yeah. gonna be key uh, especially in in this kind of industry, right, 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 a service industry. I think I think being able to recognize your good customers too, because a lot of times the one with the most money isn't necessarily your best customer, right? Because a lot of times people with a lot of money they feel entitled to certain things and might try to treat you a certain way, but when you get like really genuine clients, they're gonna bring you good business. Like they're gonna bring you more clients. Yeah, that they're gonna are, refer they're people. Gonna treat you the same way. So you know, don't don't follow the money trail. You know what I'm saying? That's right. not always the, the best way. Now, one thing I did want to uh, ask real quick is a kind of a follow-up. So you kind of you kind of alluded to, uh, you know, how the YouTubes, the Instagrams, and everything like that are out now yeah. that you can follow, see people's story, learn different things. You right. know, YouTube University is a real thing. Oh, uh, for real. Uh, so uh, uh, do you recommend, like, people going to school for this kind of stuff or, like, maybe mentoring or, like, interning? Like, what, what would you what would you be the steps that you would, you would tell somebody to start with? I would still at least like for a two-year degree, which is what I got, um, because you can learn some stuff in books, but a lot, a lot of times what's going to get you into the doors uh, to work for somebody else is them knowing you're, you have a certain level of education. So knowing like the terms and like just a certain etiquette right. is stuff I learned in school. So, so you know, I wasn't 
there wasn't any question about that if I started working at another studio. So so nobody's going to really want to hire you or work with you if you don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so at least have the the basics down. So school is always good. A mentorship is is always is always good to have. You know what I'm saying? So you could have tools in your toolkit already before you go somewhere and and already try to start just building. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's that's kind of yeah. that's that's kind of what I what I suggest. And you got to be able you got to be willing to do the the grunt work, the stuff that nobody else wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Because that's one way that you always have work is if you do the mm-hmm. stuff that nobody else. Um, wants to do yeah and even even just my, my personality period i'm i'm the type that even if i'm gonna hire somebody to do something i'm gonna learn how to do it myself first um just because i want to be educated about the process so when i got into doing you know music videos and you know i would try to find out information about cameras and how to operate them and right ended up buying my own and doing that for a little bit too but everything from built building computers to Mixing, I've, I've I've learned by trying to you know find out the process myself. Hands on, hands on. It's yep. a hands on process. Uh, see, Rob, what 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 we at? What you got for us? You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, Bruce, I kind of wanted to also get into uh, what what is important in is like as far as marketing because you know I've been seeing you you, you had a viral post that kind of went viral about the MMA the music the uh, music monetization act oh yeah uh, that was that was kind of good but like that kind of like springboarded your marketing campaign as far as like yeah. being a producer and an engineer like what what um what kind of kind of details are are things can you give some kind of pointers on, on somebody trying to build their name build their rep because you know everybody's not having that that long of career into it yet um i would say that was like probably one of my first few Post that went viral because I haven't really had a lot, and then viral for me isn't even really that big, but just compared to like all my other posts, what I've done, and I think the difference with that is like it's something that as soon as I seen the article about you know the um, the appeal that those companies made about the um, royalty um, raise, it it made me feel a certain way immediately, mm-hmm. and I because think because what because you're a producer because I'm a creative, producer right? and I'm like yo I've been paying Spotify membership for two years right. they've been taking my money and now they're tripping about paying this out so right. so real quick just to give a, a little overcap for those that don't know what the Music Monetization Act is uh, basically it's an act that that got passed that is gonna pay more to producers songwriters from the streaming services kind of like radio used to have to do or right. radio does when uh, they tra- pass that bill and uh basically it was supposed to be like a almost a 44 45 to 50 percent increase pay yeah, increase so right. i think that rate hasn't been even adjusted in over 100 years yeah so i mean that was it was a huge bill everybody was talking about it and then i think it was uh spotify pandora uh type no not Tidal, amazon amazon and YouTube. google YouTube also. Well, Google. Yeah, Google and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they appealed it, saying that they didn't th- uh, agree with the the, the yeah. rate increase. Yeah. So that's that's where that the music monetization act is. That's actually what that is. So that's what he's talking about. What he's explaining. Yeah. I think we're gonna come to a place soon if we keep fighting where the creatives get what they're due. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's going to come, um, maybe in the next ten years where they get all of what is due. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the 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 money and the revenue has been going straight to record labels, you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, so many people are handling things um, themselves that I think the money is going to come back and it's going to come back um, on paper, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? 
So that, that, that that's very that's very important. So what what kind of marketing techniques would you would you, would you give people to get their name out there? Whether they're artists, producers, um, well, engineers. G- going back to what he said, so like on that post, I think the reason why it ended up it ended up going viral. So when I read that article. I felt a certain way immediately. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I would have just been like, damn, that's fucked up. And then, you know, just kind of kept it to myself. Right. But, like, right in that moment, I was like, nah, I'm going to cancel my shit, like, right now. And I just started videoing it and doing it right then. So I think, you know, trying to, you know, hold my tongue about it and that would have – and then also, like, once I posted that post, I've seen a lot of other – big artists and producers kind of post like similar type things i can't lie when you posted that i was on my page <laughs> and one of my one of my producers um my producer homies um from from la yeah. you know what i'm saying that's out there in la reposted you and i'm like i know bruce don't know him you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. so i'm like oh what is going on I'm yeah like, it was oh, crazy. Shit. you know what i'm saying yep. so I knew that 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 at that point you reached some kind of viral state. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Touched the nerve. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely touched the nerve with that. Um, you wouldn't even probably imagine how many people follow suit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and did the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I I saw a lot of people reposted like different blogs and you know some people I knew, some people I didn't know, and right. people out of state, all kinds of stuff, radio stations. It was wild, but. Uh, you know, just going back to like, you know, having content that resonates really, you know, with you, it, there's a lot of people who are going to feel the certain way, right, the same right. way. So, right. Speak, speaking of content, um, in the last episode, I mentioned um, how we did iGrind Media, the website, when it was like a blog, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And as a studio right now, I mix Houston, we really haven't done any promotion in probably what six years yeah, yeah probably about six years but when we had the other location we were doing um igrindmedia.com and and it was a blog yeah we would post everybody everybody from Houston, stuff yeah. whether they recorded with us or or not you know yeah. what i'm saying videos songs everything like at one point we had interns um that came to the studio every day and just posted stuff yeah. on igrind media you know what i'm saying so it was a source for Houston music, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and that's how we got a lot of our name. You know what I'm saying, because mm-hmm. because it was it was it was people would go to the website and they would say, oh, they had I Mix Houston, they had I Mix Houston. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and then past that, we also did hard flyers. You know what I'm saying. This was right before this was probably right before flyers went out. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? yeah. We had we had real flyers that we would pass out. You know what I'm saying, and. Um, we would do mixtapes. We would do all types of things, um, including hooking up artists and producers with other artists and producers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? To to actually build their name and the, and and their reputation. You know what I'm saying? Because like one thing about us at iMix, we're always trying to um, put people together to make the best music and to do things that make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like Bruce always calls me and he'll be like, man, I'm working with an artist that's dope, man. I think they'll be they'll sound good with such and such or man, just check this out. Tell me what you think. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's all about building and it's all about relationships. You know what I'm saying? Even Chris. Chris will tell me, hey, sit down. Let me let you hear this record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when, when you come to iMix, what's the difference um, with coming to iMix than going to to any other studio in Houston? Um, I think mainly, I was thinking about this today. So, like, iMix is really dope because the team here, what's different between us and other studios is 
we have like say track sounds he produces but he's also shout out to track yeah, garrett but he's also a tour dj you know what i'm saying so him having that experience and those connections might be able to help you in a certain way steve-o you know him being like um uh, uh, music director on on tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tour uh, management, tour like, management. That 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 alongside what he does is A and R, his business relationships, his you know engineering uh, skills and stuff like that. I ain't even told him about no A and R stuff. You just you just broke him off. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't even told him none of that yet. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Um, you know, and then uh, you know Chris, and then he 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 has his own independent label, so. He, he might have been through a lot of different things that you might about to be going through as right. an artist that you can find out whether it's registering songs. In, in just, other words, it's a lot of knowledge at iMix Houston. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day... It's more than just recording. It's more than just recording. It's more than just a business, but we actually want to see people win. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? The more people win, they come out of the studio and they have relationships with us, the more that everybody can win and the more that Houston can win. You know what I'm saying? So that's how mm -hmm. it works. So um, we're never in co competition with any studios at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We only compete with ourselves, like me and Bruce, even Chris. Chris runs sessions at Wire Road. I run at Wire Road. Yeah. I run sessions at Oracle. We run sessions everywhere. You know I run any and everywhere they paying. <laughs> anywhere they paying. If you got that moolah, I pulled gonna, up to somebody's house on the north up. side not too long ago. And you know Bruce don't go to the north side. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So just just saying that, man. Like 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 we are actually actually a team that has a um, a vibe and a, um, a, a a glue to it. You know what I'm saying with a, a, a purpose, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, we're really trying to make each other better in every single um, kind of way, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So, that's what that's what I gotta say about that. Speaking of it, man, we got we got Garrett in the building. Track Sounds, what's, what's up? up man? Hey, Track, 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 we, we, we live record, man. I, I need you to answer this question, man. Will you come on the podcast? You got the invitation. Y'all heard it first, man. Garrett Track Sounds Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be on the podcast, man. Drinking and brown. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But anyway, Chris, what, what, what you got? Uh, what, what else you got for us? Anything you wanna 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 go over? Um, not not really. For Bruce? With Bruce, I mean, the the biggest thing is like like we was talking about with that modernization act, the the publishing, the paying out part of that. Yeah. Like, what do you? Any tips on that, or anything that you 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 can tell anybody about? I like, think that they need I to think know. Kind of what I what I realized like over the last couple of years is when it comes to registering your songs and stuff that you produce or you write or co-write, still do it yourself because a lot of people. You know, even though they've been in the game for a long time, they sometimes don't even know how to register this stuff. Right. Or they, they have somebody else doing it for them. So a lot of times you have to go back and double check and make sure they did it correctly. So, um, you know, when it comes to registering songs, all that stuff, make sure you double check. So let me let me say this. When it comes to registering songs, don't fall for the um, the myth if somebody says, oh, I registered the song. You can go on ASCAP and you can search mm. every song that's that's registered with ASCAP. Yeah. You can go on BMI and you can search every song that's that's registered with BMI. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They won't show you the splits, but they'll show you the names and the publishing companies that's attached to it. You know what I'm saying? So that's very important for people to do. If it's not registered, you need to hit the other parties. 
Mm-hmm. And y'all need to sit down and register together mm-hmm. or have one um, designated person to do it according to the actual split sheet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then the split sheet is not the registration. Because yeah. I've had somebody, I've, I did the split sheet and then, you know, it don't even have the same exact thing reflected on the, right. the registration. So. And one thing about this music, when it comes to the music, if everybody doesn't agree, nobody will get paid. Yeah. Every percentage has to have a, a destination. Mm-hmm. If every percentage doesn't have a destination, nobody will get paid. Yeah. So and we ain't in here just doing this for our for our health. We're trying to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get it all together as a music community. You know what I'm saying? I'm always here to help artists and to inform not, uh, artists and give them knowledge. You know what I'm saying? I know Bruce is 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 here for the same. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I think Houston it has that. You know, you know, uh, just me from moving down here. You know, I think I think Houston is could be a really formidable uh, music business town. You right. know, I think uh, I think we just got to get the infrastructure right. I know I know there's music business here. I'm not yeah. saying that there's not people that have done it before or doing yeah. it now. But like to to get to the LAs, to the New Yorks, the, yeah. the Atlantas. Yeah, I think we, we just could, have we to, could get there. I think we just have to do business and not be afraid of doing business. You exactly. know what I'm saying? A lot of people get scared of contracts. A lot of people get scared of certain things, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That you shouldn't be scared of because a contract is actually what's gonna guarantee you to get paid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So don't get don't get scared of it. And you know it shows your professionalism. So it shows that you really doing this is a business, not a hobby. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. For sure, for sure, for sure. So um Man, let me shout out the team real quick. The camera team, we got Lil Justin, we got KP, and that's at Lil Justin. Uh, it's underscore Lil Justin? At underscore Lil Justin, at made.kp. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Bruce, you want to uh, give your, give your uh, Instagram? Yeah, so you can find me uh, at imixbrucebang on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my website is brucebang.com, and it has links to everything and anything you'd want to know about me. And the studio is imixhouston.com. imixhouston.com, yeah. for sure. And, of course, my Instagram is at blackcardstevo. You know what I'm saying? B-L-A-C-K-C-A-R-D-S-T-E-V-E-O. You know what I'm saying? So, definitely check us out. Like and subscribe to this channel. You know what I'm saying? The In The Mix and Out The Way podcast. We appreciate y'all checking us out. We hope we provided some kind of balance or some, uh, uh, some kind of knowledge, you know what I'm saying, and um, information. And I hope you learned something about Bruce as far as his background and um, where he came from, you know what I'm saying, so you can know who, you, who you're working with when you're in the studio, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Sure. Make sure y'all follow, uh, follow us on Instagram because remember we said we was going to let you drop those questions so we can answer all those, uh, anything that we do, uh, any questions that you do have from listening to any of the episodes. It's stay at I. T-M-O-T-W. So it's S-T-A-Y period I-T-M-O-T-W. And that's stay in the mix and out the way. You know what I'm saying? You can follow it, send your questions, and we could go We could go from there. Bruce, anything else that you uh, that you kind of want to say? I got I got something to say because me and uh, Box Raphael was talking earlier. He sent, he sent me a text, so I kind of want to bring that up today. Okay. Um... Shoot, man, just, uh, you know, follow me. I'll be on the lookout. I got a lot of projects I'm working on right now uh, with uh, Tanya Nolan, Entourage Records. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of music coming out, man. I'm excited. So, so y'all be on the lookout for that. Um, my question is, so Raphael texted me earlier, and he said, 
why do we accept people rapping off beat in the hip hop culture and we don't accept people singing off beat? Man. He said, why is Blueface accepted and why if Beyonce sung off key, she would be mm-hmm. shamed? I don't know. See, I have a I have an opinion on that. Come so, on, Chris. So Come on with it. I don't think singing off key. I think singing off key was accepted first, if you think about it. So think about this: you got the she bang dude, you had Ice a JJ Fish. Oh, now yeah. these dudes wasn't on charts. Now listen, now hold on before you. Come on, you these dudes, it. these dudes wasn't it. on charts, but they was accepted. They made money. They did shows. They did all kind of stuff, and they couldn't sing a lick. Right? right, so I think singing off key was accepted before rapping off beat. Yeah, but, but there, you, there's a lot of people who can't hear too that are, you know. So we gonna blame the whole deaf. public. We gonna say the whole. They're tone public. deaf. We'll say they're tone deaf. Just like there's a lot of people who can't dance on rhythm who probably I'm, I'm can't one even of them tell. People. I can't dance on rhythm. I'm one, I'm one, I could dance, but when people start looking at me, I'd be fucking up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I will. I will say this. This is what I told Raphael, and let me see if you agree. I told him that people rap off beat. Because they don't know that they off beat one. A lot yeah. of times they don't know if they off beat two. They just want to rap and they want to lay something down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the main reason I think that we accept it as a as a community is because the beat is on beat. Yeah. That's true. The artist is off, but the beat is on beat. But and see, the, the other part of that that I that I feel like, man, I feel like it's it, it's all stylistic, man, and it's all opinionated. You can't sure, you can't sure. tell me that just because I hear it this way. And I'm rapping to the hi hat you got in the background, and you want me to rap to the snares in in between the, the kicks and shit. Right now, you, know, you can't tell me it. that I'm off beat. But there's one thing that I know for sure, and that's is if I made a beat and it was off beat, no matter what, it's gonna be a problem. Everybody's but what gonna is, say something. What is an off beat beat? An off beat beat is um, <laughs> it's off. It's just off. You know you. <laughs> How do you make an offbeat beat? You got, you got beat. the one, in the, you got the one and the three. You got the two and the four. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it's off. Yeah. I can show you how to make an offbeat beat. Well, we can do that next you know podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, as long as the music is right, nowadays people tend to rock with it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. People tend to rock with it as long as the music is right. Now, if you're singing like and you're way off key. Yeah, we have auto tune and stuff like that, but I haven't seen a way off key person hit the charts. Not hit the charts, no. You know what I'm saying? But I think we in a special but time with seen, rap. You've seen the off beat person hit the charts. But see, that's different though. It's different times. Like, it, like when you, I guarantee you, if you was rapping off beat when rap wasn't as popular as in pop culture like what it is right now. You wouldn't have been nowhere, nowhere either. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Look what they did to Silk the Shocker, and he was he was on the beat, and then he was off. You but, know what but I'm that's saying? What, that's exactly what I'm saying. I had the same dilemma back then. I was trying to tell my partners, like, Nah, he's he ran off beat. I can't listen to it. <laughs> like, Nah, it's jamming. I'm like, Man, y'all crazy. Then yeah. that's what I'm saying, though. And that's what that's exactly what I'm saying. Back in the day when they was you know hip hop, hip hip hip. If you was off beat back then, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't gonna make it at all. So. I, I feel, like I said, I feel like singing off key was accepted first, and you can't say what's off beat and what's not on beat. I hear the beat different from you. Right, right, right. But a beat is a beat. You can't argue. You can't ar- You can't argue with a BPM. You have a hell of an argument. True. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> True. But um, one last thing, Bruce. Before we get out, I know you said you still get checks off falsifying. So just explain how important it is 
for a artist or a producer to own own their situation, you know what I'm saying? So they can yeah. get paid for it for forever, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I mean, unless you sign some paperwork giving away your rights to your publishing, you you own your rights if you composed or you wrote some lyrics. Right, right, right. So um, you know, making sure you're actually signed up to receive those those royalties, you need to make sure you're a member of a PRO organization which is either ASCAP, BMI CSAC. or CSAC. Yeah. But uh, ASCAP and BMI are the main ones as a new songwriter or producer you can actually, you know, apply for. So own your stuff, man, and watch what you sign. Make sure you get a lawyer, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about, man. I hope y'all learned something um, today. The episodes are going to continue to um, get more interesting. And uh, we got confirmation that we're going to have track sounds on an upcoming episode. So I'm really, really... um, I'm waiting on that. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be interesting because that's an interesting man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> C-Rob, anything you got to say? Not really. I'm, I'm pretty good, man. Man, say, say your Instagram, man. Come uh, on. It's at C-R-O-B underscore 317. For sure, for sure, man. And until next time, man, you always got to remember, stay in the mix and out the way. And also, one more thing, man. Every shut eye ain't sleep and every good goodbye ain't gone. And sleep is expensive. Sleep is expensive. Make sure you earn man. it. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm Mix Houston, man. Bruce Bang in this thing. Black Card Steve O.C. Rob, man. This was the In the Mix and Out the Way podcast. We appreciate y'all joining.